Hello, welcome back to the Centennial 38 podcast. My name is Warners. And I'm Jared. And uh, we uh, had a great kind of uh, crossover episode with the lads over at Holding the High Line. That was a fun little discussion. Uh, kind of, uh, it's, It was something that's been in the works for a while now, too, that we've been trying to get on their podcast. But yeah, it's a good time talking to them about the Rapids, the Thanksgiving game, and kind of wrapping up the, 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 uh, the game that the Rapids won against LAFC last weekend. Uh, obviously, we didn't have a game this, this past weekend to talk about. We're still kind of uh, a week off until uh, until all the madness of MLS Cup playoffs begin, but yeah, what did you what did you think of that that episode? Enjoyed having the holding the Highline guys on. Uh, thank you to Mark and Matt. And in the absence of games, we're looking to bring you the the best and brightest minds in Rapids football here. In the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. We got a uh, an awesome guest, as you got to tell by the title of this podcast. Uh, we got a uh, an awesome interview with uh, Porig Smith coming up. We're going to ask him a bunch of questions about uh, sort of the Thanksgiving game. Sort of uh, ask him about what he thinks about this Rapids team and kind of more. I mean, uh, what I really want to know more about is kind of uh, how he sustains a uh, a team like the Rapids. An amazing season put together by an amazing head chef. Uh, we had an episode entitled Let Poor Smith Cook <laughs> yeah. in July, and cook he has. Um, the moves that we've made since then, it's hard to find fault. And it's a pleasure to talk to Porig anytime. And it, it was a, a special treat for us to be able to talk to him on the mic tonight with you guys. Absolutely. We're going to go ahead and lead you guys into this interview. Please enjoy the uh, C38 podcast uh, with special guest Porig Smith. Porig Smith, how are you doing, Porig? I'm great. I'm great. Yeah, I'm excited. Looking forward to joining you guys and having a good chat here. But yeah, it's a good time right now. Good time. So, uh, let's, I mean, we want to start off with some uh, some kind of nice, like nice, easy questions. Kind of get get you in a nice little mood here. I've talked to you plenty outside of uh, the Rapids about your favorite like music, uh, and and I think you. Um, have, have told me you liked a lot of like the the indie music of the of the 90s and stuff like that uh can do you have any more of 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 your favorite kind of tunes that you listen to what are what is what are some of the things that you you get to on on match day what, what's on uh what's playing in your playlist that's a great question so it can it can vary to be honest like there's no doubt like alt rock indie music from the the 90s and, and early 2000s i would say is definitely my go-to um, I was lucky enough that like one of my favorite bands of all time is a, a Glaswegian band that Kurt Cobain called his favorite band of all time, and that's Teenage Fan Club. Nice. Uh, they actually played here um, a little while ago. It was actually right after a Rapids game on a Saturday night, so it was one of the only times that I've got out of here pretty quickly after a game <laughs> to try and get down and, and catch them. So that was good. But yeah, I mean that's that's definitely the the kind of era I grew up in and was fortunate to have kind of seen like a lot of those, whether it was the bands from back home, the Blurs and Oasis, Ocean Color Scene, those kind of bands, the kind of bands that I think were obviously a, a little bit bigger, the Radioheads of the world and, and bands like that. But there's nothing I like more than a live concert in a pretty small venue with, with bands like Teenage Fan Club. Pulp were a big fan or a big um, band for me. I thought their, their album, Different Class, was, well, it was exactly that. It was Different Class. But, <laughs> And some of the bands, I mean, I really like Bleachers, try to get to see them recently. There's there's so much good good music out there. And 
I've got um, our EA here, uh, Taylor Rogers. She's big in music as well, so she's keeping me updated with with what to listen to. So, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a big passion of mine. And as I said, I'm I'm thrilled that we're starting to kind of um, see some more concerts going on. It's it's a great way to get away from things and and just enjoy it. So yeah, really enjoy music. Right, Jared. Jared's Absolutely. Well, I've, I've got a follow up, a music question. Uh, we all have our favorite terrace songs, and I know that you probably have heard a number. Uh, what's your favorite terrace song from either the Rapids or or elsewhere? So, I mean, if I start with the Rapids, like I'll be honest with you, any anything that gets the whole crowd involved yep. is just phenomenal. And even if it's something really simple. When it goes back and forth from like, you know, from you guys in C38 to the rest of the stadium, that's pretty epic, you know. So even if it is that Colorado Rapids chat, like there are chant, there's nothing too complicated about it, I guess. Right. But it's one that always resonates with me because it, it tends to be the loudest. You know, it's the one that really gets around the stadium. I know the players like it. It's cool. And then the the th- thunderclap as well on, on those set pieces. Like, and I think... What makes that even better is, you know, the number of goals we score from set pieces as well. So it kind of means something, you know, the players have got this level of expectancy now that they're like, okay, we've got a set piece at home. We know what's coming. The fans know what's coming. It's just, can the opposition stop us? And I think that combination, the fact that we've had so many times when the thunderclap has then been followed by celebration, that's pretty cool. Like I have to say, so I, I really, really like that. Um, they're probably my my two kind of favorite moments here or, or kind of I know the Thunderclap's not a chant necessarily, but in terms of you know the atmosphere and what's created by the fans, those are the two that I enjoy the most. Um from back home, uh I grew up a Man United fan um, and, and went over, watched them quite a lot when I was younger. Kind of dad took me over, and then I started going over myself when I was in, in high school. You could get the boat and the train and stuff like that and get there. I'm not going to lie. There's probably a few chants from the terraces and the Stratford end that are unrepeatable um, on a podcast. That's the, <laughs> For our the audience, they're plenty repeatable. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I guess there's some, but, you know, certainly some of their, some of their chants and, and um, then Drogheda United as well was my hometown club, another team that plays in Burgundy and Blue. And they had some, uh, they had some nice chants where they, went after Sun Dundalk, um, you know, that was the local rivalry there. So they're always fun. So there's plenty out there, but right now I'll take another three games here with the Thunderclap being followed by us celebrating a, another set-piece goal off Jack Price. So we'll, we'll take that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, definitely. You got another uh, easy, easy question before we, we start grilling Mr. Porrick Smith here? <laughs> oh, an easy one. Let's see. Uh, yeah, of course. What's some of your favorite non-football activities in Colorado? I know, um, you know, I also am a transplant. I've been here for about 10 years. Juan has been here his whole life. So we kind of take for granted some of the excellent outdoor activities and otherwise in Colorado. But um, I would be interested to find out what, what are some of the things you do on your off time? Um, <laughs> there's, there's not a huge amount of off time, I guess, like, which is, <laughs> which is something that like, I genuinely don't mind because I'm, Again, I've no problem saying this. Like I'm, I'm obsessed with football. Like I'm, I'm obsessed with soccer. So when, when I am off, I'm watching other games of football, you know, and I'm watching the, the other teams in MLS or I'm watching games from, from across the world. Like I, I do feel that I've been very fortunate to have lived in Ireland, Switzerland, and now Colorado, 
which I think are just three of the most beautiful places anybody could ever live. So there's no doubt. Anytime you get to go up into the mountains, it's it's different class. You know, it really is. And you get to just, you know, be very much removed from everything else that's going on. Like we don't have a single mountain in Ireland that's over. I think we actually have six that are over like 1,000 um 1000 meters so or 1000 feet and like you can literally imagine they're piling stuff up on top just to get over that like threshold so we just don't have this but in switzerland obviously was very fortunate to be surrounded by some spectacular mountains as well so there's definitely that and then i'll be honest as well as just you know being pretty obsessed with football like i love all sports you know i really do so having the opportunity to um you know having the opportunity to go down to ball arena and, and watch the abs and the nuggets is is something I really enjoy as well. Like, so do that as much as I can. And, and then the simple fact, I think Denver's got, you know, a really, really good um, eclectic music, you know, kind of scene as well. So again, obviously it was a bit pre and now thankfully a little bit post COVID, like getting to see some, some bands in, in some of the local venues is pretty cool as well. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the uh, earlier the uh, you want to see the the, the the clap that we do for the Thanksgiving game. Let's talk more about that Thanksgiving game. Of course, uh, C thirty eight as you I may have you know already you know live under a rock. I mean it's it's been pounded over everyone's heads. But the Rapids are going to host the first ever uh, MLS Thanksgiving game uh, next Thursday. Um, the time that we're recording this, it's Monday the fifteenth. Uh, there is kind of. Um, a lot of polarizing uh, opinions on on having this game being at 2:30 p.m. when most Americans have their uh, their dinner time, which I've just now figured out. I, I always assumed everyone had their dinner late, um, but yeah, a lot of people have been kind of upset about it. I mean, I can see that side. I, for one, am super excited. I know uh, we've talked before. You're super excited too. What is the uh, what is having that kind of MLS, uh, you know, that first ever MLS playoff or MLS Thanksgiving? game and the playoffs mean to you well you're right i'm super excited for it i'm, I'm not gonna lie and i think ultimately it's a privilege you know and it's a privilege that that the players and this team have earned ultimately you know and i think that's the great thing the league were really clear that you know this was a game and this was a, a broadcast window let's call it what it is this was a broadcast window that they had been trying to get for a number of years and that they really wanted to use to try and amplify the league and they wanted to do that in such a way they were going to put so much, um, you know, backing behind this. So to have earned the right to go in there and to showcase this club, and to showcase what we're doing on such a, a large stage is, is an incredible opportunity for us as a club. You know, we talk all the time about, you know, what's gone on here over the last couple of years and the journey that we've taken to get to this point. I think being able to show that to, to, to the country, being able to show that to soccer fans across the United States, is really important. And I know the players are super excited about it as well, because ultimately they've worked incredibly hard to earn that number one spot, to earn that top speed, top seed, to earn the right to have what I would call a, 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 a better, I mean, it's just a very simplistic way of saying it, but a kind of a more optimal um, pathway right the way through, you know, we're going to have a little bit more rest than other teams as we move through this and, you know, face teams that are coming off short rest and travel, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a bunch of factors to play into it, but I'll be honest with you, and, and maybe this is more of a European sense, I don't know, but having the opportunity to celebrate a national holiday and to create history by doing something for the first time with our fans and with the group of people that we've kind of built this with, 
that's something I couldn't be happier for that. Like I, I really couldn't. And I'm just super excited to get it. And the people that are there, I think we're going to have a night and a day that, that, that will live long in the memory. I mean, for those of us who are fortunate enough to be around when we won the penalty shootout in 16 against galaxy, they'll remember that fondly. Like this is going to be better. This is going oh, yeah. to be better. And we get the opportunity to celebrate Thanksgiving with each other and hopefully take what's going to be the first of, of three big steps in, in this offseason or this postseason. Jared, you got anything for uh, uh, Borg? No, not in regards to the Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, I, I think we've we've kind of we've already talked about this at length in some of our other podcasts. I know we um, are, are kind of mixed ab- about it in, in some ways because there's some folks that won't be able to make it. But at the same time, I think you're you're dead on the folks that are able to attend the game. I think this is going to be a Rapids game that we talk about for all time. So it, it should be an excellent match. And what I'd say is like I'm. I mean, I think we can all plan to have dinner a little bit later. I like eating a little bit later in the day, anyway. So the fact that we can come along, celebrate with all our friends, and celebrate with our Rapids family, and then go home after a win and celebrate with some nice, uh, nice turkey sounds like a pretty good day to me, to be honest. I mean, pouring. And I- you also get to contribute. Yeah, Porg, I had to actually break the news to my family that I won't be uh, moving, uh, traveling out to see them because I'm going to be seeing the Rapids. They weren't, uh, as you know, they weren't too impressed with that. But um, you are right. I mean, it, it it is also an opportunity for those who don't have uh, like those uh, those Thanksgiving dinners with families to actually go and you know be be a part of the uh, the, the whole Rapids community as a whole. Uh, well, that's it, exactly. And we're look, you've you've got two transplants here, right? You've got two people who have come into this where the Rapids is their community, you know, and the Rapids is is the thing that, that we build our lives around here. So to be able to share it with those folks is is pretty cool too. So Porig, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, the sort of a meme that we have uh, going on uh, about you, but um, we have uh, on football Twitter what's known as uh, a little saying called "let let blank cook." So let this person cook, and pretty much what that means is um, is, is is it's kind of a reminder of like let you know let the person do what they need to do to get to to where they're going, and and for the longest time um, uh, you've had uh, you've I don't know. You may or may not know, but you've had some people that have kind of doubted you along the way. And my response to them is always let Porig cook, let him kind of get into the kitchen, whip up some things, whip up some deals, whips up, whip up, you know, some absolute fleeces, some great business in MLS. Um, so I, I want to ask, will the let Porig cook kind of uh, meme, uh, will that actually transpire uh, with an appearance from you at the C38 tailgate? <laughs> I've definitely been made aware and I've, I've seen the meme and I, I think it's cool. Like, I really appreciate you guys doing that. And yes, I will. I will absolutely be out at the C38 tailgate. I would prefer, I prefer eating to cooking. Right. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm, I'm happy to do some cooking on the day if it means there's going to be more folks out there cheering on the team. I think you've done your fair share of cooking for this Thanksgiving dinner. If you if you follow the meme, you, you've done your bit already. Absolutely. Yeah, we no, want to appreciate. It. We wanted to talk to you about that um, kind of uh, more at length about just uh, the wheelings and dealings of of Porig Smith, and what kind of being a general manager kind of entails. Uh, uh, kind of first, and tell us what does your what does your job really entail? Like uh, for those that may not know what you uh, specifically do for the Rapids. Yeah, look, I, I think this may come as a surprise to people, but I really see that the, the biggest role that I can play here is 
bringing in people, really talented people in various different areas and pulling their expertise together. You know, and I think that's absolutely critical. And, and I, I think at times, you know, too much focus can be put on any one person. No one person can do what we're doing right now. And this, this is something that I will say over and over again. Wayne Brandt and I were fortunate enough to be putting our roles in, in kind of um, in the middle of 2017 from an interim capacity, but really in from 2018 on. And, and we kind of set what we would call the, the vision of the club and, and the pathway that we wanted to go on. Like, and, and obviously the Rapids way, all these things come out, the, the op-ed and things like that. But we wanted to be very clear to our supporters, you know, what we were looking to achieve. And even though we knew there was no history of that, we felt that the only way we could get folks to really buy into what we were doing was by being very transparent about it and just saying, look, this is where we want to be. Sure, it may seem aspirational given what's going on, but this is this is where we want to go. And I think from that day forward, we have had a we have a real clarity in terms of what we want to be. And you guys have heard it so many times. We want to be a perennial playoff team that brings a cup back to Colorado. That's what we want to be. And that's what we want to do every single season. That's what we're focused on. So that allows us to go out and, and really build a team around us that has expertise in their areas, both on and off the field. And, and for us, they're all, they're all critically important. You know, they really are critically important. So, you know, the recruitment team that Fran uh, Taylor heads up for us here, the job that they have done from a scouting perspective, player identification perspective, it's phenomenal. And at the end of the day, when you're able to give players of that quality to, to a coaching staff who are absolutely entwined with us in terms of our targets and our philosophy and how we're going about doing things, it puts those coaches in the best position to succeed. Now, when you get a group of coaches like we have led by, in my opinion, the, the runaway coach of the year in, in Robin Fraser, like, you know that the players you're giving, they're not going to, they're just going to max out. You know, Robin is going to extract every single bit of talent that they have from them. So that puts us in a really, really strong position there. Then off the field, you know, you're looking at, at how your digital team, your marketing team, your comms team, how they come together to amplify the message and get that out there that this is a group to be reckoned with. This is a group that people should pay attention to. And this is ultimately a fun thing to be a part of and a fun thing to be involved in. And then it's about being transparent with, with our supporters to make sure that everybody knows that they're a part of it too and that that we can be held to task. We're not going to get every decision right. You know, we're really not. So it's okay to hold us to task provided that the support is still there, that we're, we're going in the same direction and we're trying to achieve something together. So, you know, you can give a very kind of glib answer, oh, you, you know, running the club and you're overseeing player transactions and trades and all those kind of things. And that's wonderful. That, that really is, it's an exciting part of it. There's no doubt. And I very much enjoy that. But at the end of the day, I feel that our role here at the very highest level from the management level is to provide a pathway, to, sorry, to provide a vision, first of all. Where are we going? What are we trying to achieve? Then it's to provide a pathway. And then it's to go out and bring in the most talented people in all of these different areas and to support them and to bring them together so that they can do their jobs to the best of their ability, which ultimately means that the club is successful. So, look, I'm privileged to be in, in the position that I am here, and I'm, I'm obviously delighted with you know, with where we've gone, but I'm, I'm under no illusions. This is happening because we have, in my mind, not just the best coaching staff, not just the best group of players, not just the best, the best club. We have got a staff here that I will go to battle with every single day of the week because I know they're going to come in, they're going to give it their all, and they're going to help us create what I think is a pretty special club right now. 
Yeah, well said. I think um, what what people don't realize is that culture has taken a lot of time to build, and I think uh, uh, that culture is is something that I feel like will be sustained for for the uh, for the for the foreseeable future as well. I believe, right? I mean, there's no plans to change anything, right? As as opposed to the winning 100%. culture. Yeah, one hundred percent. Look, you've hit the nail on the head there. Like, culture is everything, and. We, we mean that on and off the field. Like we've talked a lot about how this group of players are probably the most united and selfless group of players I've ever come across. They are willing to sacrifice themselves individually for the greater good of the team. You don't get that quite often in five players, 10 players, let alone 25 to 30 players, all coming together with a shared purpose and a shared goal. So it's it's an incredible experience right now and and that is i mean that's where i spend quite a bit of my time right now is making sure that you know we can continue with that year over year because that's that's the challenge you always want to take the next step i mean look we're we're at the beginning of the postseason right now last year we went out in the first round obviously we want to win we want to win mls cup this year but then we want to go again like we're not going to settle for that we've got to keep going again and again and that's why qualifying for back-to-back playoffs was was very important from our perspective. You know, more than 50% of teams get into the playoffs. So in, in many ways, you can get in once. You know, you have a bit of run, run of good luck or another team has some bad luck and you can get in. But the teams that are building something sustainable, they're the teams that get in back-to-back occasions, get in three in a row, four in a row, five in a row, put themselves in a position to succeed. And then when things go right and you've got a coaching staff and a group of players like we had this year, you've got an incredible supporter base cheering you on behind you and you've got a staff providing the environment for people to flourish. That's when something like what happened to us this year can happen and, and you can you can win that top spot. You know, you can win the conference and and we're looking to pull this all together and, and not just win the conference, but but win MLS Cup. Jared, you got any questions? Absolutely. We, we get the opportunity to win the conference again in just uh, two short games, which is very exciting. Uh, one thing you mentioned is is giving the tools to the rest of, of the back house team to, to give that story and to, to really get that story out. And I think that um, we really have gotten the short end of the stick from national media, um, not to any of our surprise, uh, you especially, I'm sure. Um, who do you think was the biggest snub from the postseason awards? Of course, we have uh, Mr. Robin Fraser nominated for coach of the year, but we didn't see um, our our goaltender who was, you know, about as good as you found. He had the most shutouts, which uh, by some metrics is, is, is how you prove you're the best um, who didn't get nominated and we didn't have anyone on the list um, for player of the year or young player of the year and I think there's a number of names but who do you think were were amongst the players that didn't get their due uh, due recognition in those lists yeah look I could be here all day I mean from my perspective I don't, I don't really worry about it too much but I, I do I do get frustrated for for some of our players I, I really do you know and I, I get frustrated because we know and we see what goes in day in and day out, week in and week out. We see the performances and we understand what they're doing. And I would bring that back to the the, the opportunity on Thanksgiving to showcase this all to a, a wider audience and to a national audience, which I think is terrific. So I'm going to take a bit of an easy way out here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to name the players who won our internal club awards. And I'm going to use that as the basis of it. I mean, you mentioned Will Yarbrough. What an incredible season. And not just between the sticks, but as a leader, as a leader within the locker room, he, he's incredible. You know, he's so vocal. You could hear him on, on broadcast. You know, he, he is really incredible in terms of how he just 
brings that defense together, makes sure everybody is, is, is doing what they need to do. So a really good character as well as an incredible goalkeeper, who I think he's had a, a wonderful season. Defender of the year for us was, was Austin Trusty. Um, I'm, I am genuinely surprised that, that he didn't make that list. I think Austin has been just an exemplary defender all year. I, I think his ability, you know, his athleticism, allows him to be very dominant, allows him to play on the front foot all the time. You can see him jumping paths and jumping lanes to kind of win balls. He's able to track with, with pretty much any forward in the league. He's good in the air. He's good on the ball. Like he has just become everything that we hoped he would become. And I think he has put himself in a position now where national team opportunities should come his way. And, and I know um, there, there are a number of teams in Europe looking at him you know, because of the, the talent he's got and the potential he's got that he's now kind of married with this with this performance this year. So I think he's been terrific. Um, our MVP was was Jack Rice. And, and that's that's only for the fourth time in a row in the four seasons <laughs> that we've been here that he's won the, the team MVP. I mean, he is he is incredible. And I know he's getting some national coverage because of the set pieces. But I mean, his his all round game is just phenomenal. Both sides of the ball, you know, defensively, the work he goes through, the distance he covers, the the intelligence to block lanes and, and to protect the back four. And then with the ball, I'm not sure there's anyone better in the league in terms of, you know, building the tempo for the team and, and dictating the rhythm and flow for the, for the team. So he's been absolutely terrific again, which is nothing more than we expect for him. And then he goes out and literally delivers every set piece to the exact spot that he wants to deliver it to, which has given us a great opportunity when allied to the incredible work that Chris Sharp, our goalkeeping and set pieces coach, has done to make sure that we're we're in a position where we're, we're right up at the top of the league again from a set piece perspective. Um, the Players' Player of the Year was Michael Barrios. Um, he has had just a wonderful year. He could be in for, for Players' Player. He could be in for Comeback Player. You know, I think people looked at his 2020 season and were like, well, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't as good as he had in the past. But the underlying numbers on, on Mikey were still the same. He was still creating an incredible number of chances. He was still one of the most dangerous players in the league. Maybe just the conversions weren't there. And, and that, that'll happen. You'll go through years like that where, like Cole Bassett, you'll hit, you'll hit a post seven times in a six-game run. And there's just not a huge amount you can do about it. But I think Mikey proved to be you know, a really good addition to the team, not only on the field, but again, he, he's quite the character off the field as well, um, which is wonderful for us and obviously created this kind of Los Locos along with our young player of the year, which was Brian Galvan, uh, you know, where they've just got such a good group going together, Diego, Rubio, Nico Mesquita as well, and, and Lucas Estevez and, and Andre come in there a little bit, even though Lucas is Portuguese and the Spanish doesn't always perfectly translate, but they, they work it out. You know, so there, there's just been a bunch of guys, but, you know, I've named the winners of our of our award. But to be honest with you, from our perspective, the team, the team is is what gets it done here. You know, there, there's no doubt about that. You know, we've we've looked to try and build a team that had, you know, really good depth. We knew it's tough. We know it's tough to kind of play in MLS, the, the travel, the climate changes, you know, all of these kind of the idiosyncrasies that, that MLS has that other leagues don't have you know, that makes it challenging. So we wanted to build a team with depth and everybody's contributed. You know, Drew Moore comes in, I think what we conceded maybe one or two goals with him on the field all year, something like that. You know, it's an incredible achievement, you know, to do what he's done. The experience that he's brought and Bate has brought, the energy that Nico Mesquita can bring at times coming off the bench and just the way he carries himself and the willingness to do that for the team. 
it, it's incredible. And, and I think we've got a really, really nice mix of, you know, these trophy winning experience and kind of youthful exuberance. That's the way we look at it. And it's, it's a great mix because of the character of those guys and ultimately then because of the way the coaching staff kind of prepare them and bring them together. So I, I'm frustrated because I think the players deserve recognition, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not worried. We're, we're focused on what, what we're doing and, and the players within this group know how highly Robin, myself and, and the rest of the club I think of them. Yeah, and I and I think um, earlier in the season, um, the uh, our head coach Robin Fraser, who, as you said, probably uh, in, in our opinion and in, in all of our opinion, probably deserves Coach of the Year. But he put it best. He said, uh, "We have a team of twenty-five expletive superstars." And so um, I think um, like everything that Robin has said and everything that you said kind of reinforces that kind of mentality that that uh, that everyone here kind of has played a part. You you like you can go to like any player on the roster and I feel like they've all had a part in either one of our wins or or our, our, our draws that we've had to kind of either come back for or secure you know secure the draw um, and that's what I like about this team and, and I every kind of every kind of episode I always kind of say this this team special uh, and, and and I mean it's kind of tough uh, to keep a, a special team like this, especially uh, in MLS when you have a lot of roster turnover. Do you? Uh, how how difficult will it be to keep uh, a lot of these uh, these guys together? I know there's uh, a bunch of uh, kind of you know uh, interest from Europe on, on a young Cole Bassett. There is uh, kind of expiring contracts and stuff like that. How do you plan to kind of keep this group uh, together? And if you know if if some uh, with some departures, how how does that? Um, how do you look to, to, to make sure that culture is still there? Well, that's it. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head. You start with culture. You know, you start with the character of the people. And, and one of the things that we are incredibly focused on right now is making sure that the mentality within the group stays the same. That's what we've got to do. We've got to make sure that that, that mentality stays intact because that's, that's what's enabled us to bring this all together and, and to have the success that we've had. So, you know, we're, we're very much focused in that area. You know, it, it's a challenge at times like this because I look around that locker room and there's not a single player I'd want to lose. You know, there really isn't. And it's a wonderful testament to the group that there is so much interest from Europe in some of our players, you know, and that we're, we're incredibly proud of the fact that Sam Vines has gone over there and continues to do well. We're obviously proud of the fact that Kel and Mark Anthony Kay and, and Sam have been called up to, to national team duty. It seems like in pretty much every time they've been available this year, you know, Kellen broke all sorts of records in terms of the number of appearances and broke a few, uh, broke a few minds, I think in, in some, with some of the games he played against uh, Mexico in the summer. So that's phenomenal. We've had young Philip Mayaka who's come through and, and kind of broken onto the international stage as well. So there's a lot of there's a lot of real talent here. And again, ultimately what that does is it breeds it breeds competition, which breeds success. So what we're always focused on is making sure that we continue to have a group that will push each other, that will challenge each other in the right way with the right mentality and ultimately raise the standard. We don't want to stop. That is our mantra here. We don't want to stop. One cup, if we're, if we're, you know, I don't want to say fortunate enough, but if we're successful this year in achieving that goal of winning a cup, we won't let that be a final position. We won't let that be a stop. We've, we've got to go again. It may go, the, it may go a different way this year. And, and no matter what happens, 
we will not stop in what we're trying to do. We are trying to build something that is long-term in nature and sustainable in nature. And we talk about this all the time. It's Robin's job to win a game on Saturday. It's our jobs to make sure that this club is situated strongly for the future as well as the immediate term. So that's where our focus is. Lots of conversation. You know, these things are challenging, but boy, is it exciting when that's some of your problems is how do we continue with the success we've had while teams from Europe are looking at some of our players, you know? Well, we can tell you from this direction, we believe in the direction you're headed. Um, and we, we thank you for putting this team together. It's been a pleasure to watch all season long. I appreciate it. That's awesome. That, that's, that's a big part of this, you know, because as I said at the start, everybody plays a role in this. Like when we step out there next Thursday, I fully believe that Dick Sporting Goods Park is going to be absolutely rocking. I think it's going to be rocking. And you can bet your bottom dollar that when the players walk out to that, when they see that, that's going to give them a lift. That is going to give them a lift. And whether it's Portland or Minnesota, it's going to hit them too. They're going to be like, okay, we've got to come to altitude on short rest. We've got to face this and the crowds like this. And the left back's trying to work out why he's been booed in the first few minutes of the game. <laughs> All these things are fantastic. It plays a part. It really plays a part. And I can't say it enough. And I get it. Look, we're going to try and do everything we can so that no matter what happens, folks have got more games to come to. But this is the most important game. This is the game that we need to create an atmosphere that everybody is like in awe of, that our players are just like, we are going to perform for this, this set of fans. And the opposition is not looking forward to it at all. So this is it. Like we're in this together. And, and next Thursday is going to be something special. Awesome. I think that's all the time we have. Do you have any more questions for Porig? No more questions. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure to speak with you. Yeah, Porig, is there... uh, I loved it. It was great. Is there anything else you kind of want to talk about? I I mean... um I think for uh, from my perspective, I think cup or no cup, this has been an amazing season, and, and you can never take that away, uh, especially seeing one uh, one period Colorado Rapids at top of the West. That is a, a beautiful <laughs> sight to see sometimes. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, for, for us, uh, we've, we, we've been to a couple of way days. We've seen you there, and, and uh, you... Um, had some nice chats with you there. Um, we uh, for sure have enjoyed the ride and, and we are kind of excited to see where it may lead to. That's awesome. Look, I mean, this is a huge part of it. And as I said, we're not finished. We're not finished. This has been an incredible season. As you said, that one period, Colorado Rapids looks really good, but we're here to win a cup and we're here to keep this going for years to come. So just thrilled for the support. Love listening into to these podcasts. It's it's fantastic to hear so many folks talk, chatting about the Rapids. And I think ultimately we're here now to create something special on, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Porg's still cooking up something in the uh, in the uh, in the kitchen there. It's gonna be a nice dessert there at the end. Thank you very much, <laughs> Porig. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Take care. So there you have it, uh, folks. Uh, our interview there with uh, Porig Smith. What'd you think? A lot of fun to talk to Porig. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it as well. And I think that um, one thing to take away from that is there's a call to action for, for the fans to be loud and rowdy on Thanksgiving Day uh, because it's going to resonate not only with our boys but with theirs. Um, and he brought up a lot of good points about how you know the, the team that we play, be it Portland or Minnesota, is up against it. They have to come to altitude on short rest, and we have to make sure that we make that as unpleasant as possible for them. Absolutely. Uh, you are already kind of looking at flights to Boston or, or at least a way to get to Boston 
Let's uh, let's slow down. Let's get there first. I know uh, a lot of Rapids fans are already kind of booking their flight. Don't book your flight just yet. Let's let's. They're see. refundable, Juan. I know you're a young I, man. You're you're new to the travel game, but no, you can book this at a cheaper price now. This is uh, props to John Boraz who uh, brought up the point that if you buy them now, you can use that ticket cost at any point in the upcoming year and right now you're looking at about 218 bucks rapids fans to get out to boston for that game uh should the final take place in boston and if all goes well and it should happen here you've still got that flight credit for a whole year absolutely uh, i know we didn't have a game this past weekend but c38 did throw a nice little party for the uh the volunteers there all the people the tailgate crew the uh the bus crew they even invited us out there to our kind of uh kind of things that we've done for uh the the the, the voice and stuff like that well, not the voice the podcast uh uh but yeah it's um it was a nice gesture by c38 uh and i would implore a lot of you guys listening that if you I want to keep going. If you want to be invited to to those certain events uh, where C38 really kind of uh, gives back to its volunteers, come out and volunteer. I mean, uh, there's always uh, you know option uh, ways to kind of give back uh, to 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 the C38 community, whether it's putting on an apron and, and helping out the tailgate crew, kind of going in and setting up the because um, the the banners and the flags that are set up in 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 the stadium aren't done so by the club that's that's still all c38 and those are by volunteers that come in early uh almost as four hours early uh as, as early as four hours before the game starts to set up to make c38 look as good as it does a uh, big shout out to dan reinberger who does that and of course the the, the tailgate crew the um the bus crew that, that gets people to the games there the bus captains uh, and yeah i mean C38 is always looking for volunteers. So Absolutely. If you enjoy coming to the games, you enjoy coming to the tailgate even, uh, there is something that you can chip in with and uh, whatever works for you. It's not, um, it doesn't, there are so many people that dedicate so many hours of their life and we can't say enough thank yous on this pod uh, to really account for the number of people that, that make the game day experience happen the way it does. Um, but if you want to be any part of that for, for the end of this season and beyond, um, reach out. We're, we're more than happy happy to connect you with folks that can uh, put your talents to good use. Yeah, and uh, speaking of putting uh, talents to good use, C38, it's been a while, but we have a official TIFO that we will be unveiling for uh, the November game, the, uh, the Thanksgiving game. You're going to want to make sure you go to this this Saturday. There's nothing quite like uh, painting a TIFO and then going to the stadium and seeing the the work that you, you put in on that Saturday to finish out the TIFO, seeing it displayed proud for the entire stadium. And uh, if you if if you if you're not going to come out to the uh, Thanksgiving game, you may as well have a little part of yourself in it through the TIFO this Saturday at 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. or and as quickly as we can finish the TIFO uh, at Dick's Sporting Goods Park, uh, usually where we have our tailgate. We're going to be doing TIFO painting. Yeah. And if you know C38, C38 always has amazing TIFOs. We may not be as uh, well equipped to, to hang them like Portland does, but some of our artists can definitely kind of compete with some of the best uh, that portland does i think i think the the artists in c38 that do tifo are criminally underrated within the league and uh all, all other supporters groups so uh yeah come out to that this saturday underrated as usual as we talk about lots of snubs uh c38 supporters group of the year in all of our hearts 
and thank you guys very much for for the season that's been and uh, I hope that we see as many of you as possible um, we're gonna bring you at least a preview episode between between now and Thanksgiving Day um, to, to kind of really break down the opponent once we know which opponent that is be it Minnesota be it Portland and um, we will we'll tell you exactly how the Rapids will will win that game absolutely and then and, and even even past that we got plenty of other stuff planned um, we want to make this podcast just as much as it is about the Rapids it's also going to be about uh, C38 uh, and the members within C38 because I believe everyone in C38 has got a, uh, a great C38 Rapids story to tell and we're going to be highlighting those supporters as well uh, throughout the playoffs and hopefully uh, the Rapids are still in so we can kind of have that excitement of, of Rapids kind of uh, watching the games and then also uh, uh, highlighting the supporters here but yeah that's going to be it from us uh, at the uh, C38 podcast I hope you enjoyed the uh, Poor Ake Smith interview I know we sure did you can follow me at Warners FC you can find me at Jared underscore Geisler on Twitter and of course at C38SG on the Instagram and Twitter Centennial 38 on Facebook uh, and then sign up for the newsletter you don't want to miss any of the uh, kind of things going on and I do believe that if you had bought your playoff tickets that they are now the Thanksgiving tickets. So uh, you always want to make sure you're on the lookout for that uh, as well. But yeah, that's going to be it from us, guys. You, guys, you have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you next time with a one opponent preview and, of course, all of the uh, makings for that Thanksgiving game. We'll see you. Bye-bye.